This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And before we get into everything that we need to talk about, we're going to be talking about some... Uh, te- mm. Teddy, te- Teddy Bridgewater. You okay, buddy? I'm not. I'm not. You gonna okay. be okay? I'm not. Let's put it this way: When I heard the news, I was literally sitting at work at my desk, sick to my stomach. Yeah, sick to my stomach. That's why you didn't respond to my text. Just waiting for everything to like. I wanted mm-hmm. some news, and I knew we weren't gonna get it. Well, we got it tonight. We're gonna get into it a little bit later. We've got Trevor Simeon to talk about, Dak Prescott, Colin Kaepernick. Today's the day of quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, we got tons of quarterbacks. But before we get into everything, we've got some stuff that we need to rehash. And mm-hmm. some of you may be saying, "Well, whoa, 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 Ricky, you said the last week will the hold us to them or hold us to them?" Yeah, predictions for the NFL. Well, I'm going to say this: there's a little asterisk. If an injury happens now until the beginning of the season. Yeah. Me and Mark we, have the I right mean, to change. Basically, it comes down to the fact of we don't want you know January to roll around and you guys say, but you said that three teams from the NFC North, or you said the Cowboys. Yeah, going to happen. And we're like, yeah, okay, but Tony Romo didn't play, yeah. or Teddy Bridgewater didn't play. Instead, you guys had Brian Hoyer, mm-hmm. who you got from the Bears via trade, yep. somehow, because you gave us Adrian <laughs> Peterson, and it was an equal trade. Obviously, that doesn't make sense. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to walk through both. We're only doing two rehashes of divisions, the NFC East and the NFC North. Then we're going to walk through our playoffs. If you are a podcast Mm -hmm. watcher, like let's say you're on YouTube and you just click over to another tab and listen to us. And if you want to see the graphics will be up on the YouTube page. Just wanted to give you guys a warning in case you want to see them, both the playoffs and the divisional graphics will be up. But, Mark, let's start with you. Yeah. Take me through your NFC East, how things changed with uh, the Romo injury, and then take me through your NFC North. Take me through both of them. So with the with the uh, the NFC East, uh, as I like to refer to it, the NFC Least, uh, really living up to the name this year. So, you know, I, I've said I've been high on the Giants all mm-hmm. this time, and I had them getting into the playoffs uh, but now they have secured the actual division. They have won the division mm-hmm. at ten and six. The Cowboys, they're not terrible because they still have a lot of good pieces. Uh, and Dak Prescott looks like he can actually be impressive. We'll talk about that later. But he's still a rookie and he still hasn't played real talent yet. So they're a seven and nine team now. Uh, they lost a lot. You might remember. I think I had them at eleven wins before, and now they're losing a lot. Redskins, I believe, are still at you know six and ten. Eagles, I think, might have moved up. They're a five and eleven team. Uh, they may have been at five and eleven before. But then to move over to the North, I hate it. I hate it so much right now. The Packers went ahead and they won the division at twelve and four. Um, I had them losing for sure to. Oh, I had them losing to both the Cowboys and the Vikings. Now they've won both those games, so that's unfortunate. They're also the number two seed, which really pains me. But They are still losing in the Chicago Bears one game. Pointing that out because the Chicago Bears 
you know, have won one of the games, at least, uh, against the Vikings, they've squeezed their way. There's a good chance they could win both, depending mm-hmm. on who that quarterback is. But we'll get to that later. 11-5. Uh, and five. The Chicago Bears suddenly are an 11-5 and five team. Even at 10-6, and six, they still would have gotten in. Uh, even at nine and seven, they still would have gotten into the playoffs at the number six seed. Uh, Vikings are now a nine and seven team. And of course the lions still are at five. Actually, no, they went up one. They're five and 11 now. Yeah. Mine. I'm going to actually start with the North. There's not a lot differences that me and you have, but they're just minor differences. Like for example, the Vikings, I had them at a 12 and four team with Teddy Bridgewater. Now without Bridgewater, I have them at a seven and nine team. The reason why the the games that I switched that were wins now are losses. Week two against the Packers not going to happen. Week four against the Giants, we're not going to win that one. We're going to lose to the Redskins, lose to the Colts. And I even gave us a loss in Jacksonville just because it's in Jacksonville, and I'm high on the Jaguars this year. So if we run right down my standings. Packers are at the top, second seed overall, like you said. They now get bumped into that at 13 and 3. Bears are number two at 11 and 5. Vikings are 7 and 9. Our season is over. And then the Lions at 3 and 13. If I go over into my East, the first thing I did when Tony Romo went down was switched everything up. Giants were at the top. However, now with the Teddy Bridgewater injury, that's all different. And how my East looks is the Redskins are at the top at 10 and 6. The Giants are in the playoffs right behind them at 10 and 6. The Cowboys now fall to 7 and 9. And the Eagles get one extra win because I gave them one against the Cowboys now. And they're a four win team at 4 and 12. Still in last place, though. But what we're going to do now is kind of really quickly go not completely through. I'm going to throw the graphic up. Yeah, it's going to be pretty spitfire, I I'm going to throw the graphic up for Mark's playoffs first, then mine, how things change. Just talk about how they change. We don't mm-hmm. have to run through game by game. It's going to be You want to go through the whole thing all the just, way to the Super Bowl? Just the changes. What big changes mm-hmm. happened for you? So, basically, uh, seeding-wise, you know, I'm just going to run down from top to yeah. bottom. In the NFC, we got the Seahawks at one, Packers at two. The Panthers at three. They got bumped down by the Packers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants are four. Five still is the Cardinals. Six is the Chicago Bears. Flipping to that, uh, number one in the AFC is still the Steelers. Number two is the Jets. Number three is the Chiefs. Four is the Colts. None of this has really changed. The thing that has changed is coming up soon. The fifth seed, still the New England Patriots. But somehow, some way, the sixth seed, the Buffalo Bills have snuck their way into the playoffs over the 9-7 and seven Bengals. Rex Ryan keeps his job. It, somehow, some way, <laughs> Rex Ryan, the cockroach, has kept his job. But really the way this changes, uh, you know, the Bears are going to play the Panthers in the opening round, the Panthers had the week one bye. doesn't matter. Panthers are going to win. Cardinals are still going to beat the Giants. You know, not much change with that. The Bills are going to lose to the Chiefs. You know, nothing's really changing there. Um, you know, I, I think that the only thing we have, we have a, a matchup against the Panthers and the Packers, mm-hmm. but I still had the Panthers over it. And then nothing has changed. Everything's still the same for Cardinals, Panthers, and Steelers and Chiefs, and then Steelers beating the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. So your Super Bowl 
that stayed the my same. My conference game stayed exactly the same. It was just minor differences in the wild card and the division. Yeah, I mean, even the home team was still the same mm-hmm. uh, in the NFC. Panthers still had that home game. Now, I had, before we get into mine, and I'm going to switch over to the graphic right now, I had a huge thing that apparently my calculations changed so much to where I just want to say this. The Viking-Jaguar game that I gave to the Jaguars, these are the implications that it had. If the Vikings won that game, the Steelers would have won the North and the Raiders would have been in at 10-6 and six, being the sixth seed. However, I gave it to the Jaguars. So what happened? Because of tiebreakers, Cincinnati now wins the North at 10-6. and six, And now instead of the Raiders, Jacksonville gets in. It's kind of it's the fun thing about football. One thing can change everything. One game, and the teams that I talked about were not in that game. So I, I'm going to stick with it and give it to the Jaguars. I'm going to start with the AFC side. Run right through it. My number one team now, twelve and four, the Indianapolis Colts. Number two at twelve and four, the New England Patriots. So the Patriots get bumped a little bit. Then at three, the Chiefs. They're going to play the sixth seed in Jacksonville in Kansas City. And then the fifth seed. Jets will play the fourth-seeded Bengals. Going to run through it really quickly. Jets beat the Bengals. Chiefs beat the Raiders. That means that, Bang- or not the Bengals, the Jets will play the Colts and lose to the Colts. The Chiefs play the Patriots, lose to the Patriots. My AFC Championship changes now. It is no longer a Steeler-Patriot game. It is now a deflate gate rematch the year after Deflategate is over, Tom Brady wins, goes on to the Super Bowl with regular inflated football. Sorry, Tom. Then on so into— another team that might need Mark Sanchez. Another team that might need Mark Sanchez. On the other side, the number one seeded team is still the Cardinals. The Packers now get a bye move up to the second seed. The third seeded team now gets switched back is now the Carolina Panthers. Redskins at four. Bears move up to five. Giants are at six. Running through the playoffs really quick. You've got six versus three. Panthers, Giants, Panthers all day. Then four, five, Bears, Redskins. I This one, this could be the best game if this was the playoffs. Might be the best game. I'm going to give it to the Redskins, though, just because I'm scared of all the injury problems that the Bears have right now. So that would mean the Redskins would go on and play the Cardinals. They'd lose. There's not a chance they're winning that game. Then the Panthers would play the Packers in Lambeau. I'm going to go ahead and still, I'm going to give it to the Panthers, even without Josh Norman, even with Jordy Nelson on the Packers. So it's still a Carolina and Arizona NFC Championship game in Arizona. Arizona wins, and Arizona still beats the Patriots. So, I mean, one of my AFC champ, my AFC Championship changed. The NFC one did not. My Super Bowl stays the same. Cardinals over the Patriots. Yep. So basically, you know, things are going to be very different. Obviously, some things we're going to see in the next few weeks, you know, I, I highly doubt that Sean Hill actually is going to play. You know, we'll get into all that stuff later, but all this could could potentially be different. You know, I, I hate to say it this way, but injuries matter. If something hugely significant happens, maybe we'll do an update, but I don't think we're going to do mm-hmm. any updates from here. I think no, it's this pretty, was, pretty this safe. This was the big one. We had to. I mean, it, when... Teddy Bridgewater goes Well, yeah, down. we weren't going to do it with Tony Romo, with just the Tony Romo injury. We're like, it's just one team, big mm-hmm. deal. But now with two, we had to. So we're going to now move on into the big news of the day, and it's why uh, I kind of want I tweeted it out. Actually, I retweeted it. 
and the exact tweet was along the lines when you found out that Teddy Bridgewater got injured, and it was that scene from uh, Game of Thrones spoilers, by the way. So if yeah, you so skip forward so, like twenty seconds. So, so if you haven't watched all of uh, season what six was the last one, the newest then season. Skip ahead. Basically, it was a gif of King Tommen just stepping out the window. Yeah. Just walk right out the window. Just kill yourself. Season's over. Well, you know, I, I do want to say, like, the it seemed like the apocalypse had happened. The way the media was reporting, the way the team was reacting and everything. It, Our season's over. It, it It's not. It's over. It's not really it's over. over. I think that the, honestly, the Vikings can Put go ahead and us. get somebody and still potentially make the playoffs. Not going to be the same. I know I just had them not making the playoffs, but I know that Teddy... Is I don't want to say he's the glue that keeps it all together, but he's pretty an important piece. But at the same time, this is a team built on defense with a defensive head coach and Adrian Peterson, the greatest running back in all of the NFL right now. You don't have the best, you know, you you didn't have the best quarterback either. And I saw somebody bring up the question. I don't necessarily agree with exactly what the question's implying, but the question was. Do Viking fans really think that they can't get a free agent to put up close to the same numbers as Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, but I think – and the big reason why I'm saying it's over, put a fork in it, is we weren't looking for the same thing out of Bridgewater from last year. We were looking for that, and we were expecting. And it was kind of an – Yeah, it was an opportunity – well, not opportunity I'm looking for. It was that optimistic view of he is going to take Mm -hmm. that next step forward and be the guy that we want him to be. And for me, it's one of those things where I – maybe it's because it just – like it's the day of and it's – Kind of, it was really weird that, I mean, you're listening to Mike Zimmer talk about it, and the way, the thing he referenced when talking about Teddy Bridgewater was, I want to say it was his wife, where he's like, yeah, I lost my wife a couple years ago, but the son still came up the next day. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like, a little dramatic. Our season's over. But here's the thing, I mean, that's the perfect example of it. Vikings fans are being so incredibly dramatic right now. The game continues. It's not even week one. Right now. It's not even week one. Shit will go on. You're going to sign somebody tomorrow, probably, who is going to quickly start learning the playbook. They will play in week four of the preseason, and they're going to compete for the starting job with you Sean know, Hill over the first few weeks you of know, the season. You know who we need to sign who would be perfect for us? Who? Sexy Rexy. Sexy Rexy? Because he can throw it deep? Well, no, not just that. Well, Laquan Treadwell, just let him go deep, throw mm-hmm. it to him. Sexy Rexy, made, he made it to a Super Bowl on the same thing you mentioned, a good defense. Yeah. He was an okay, maybe shitty quarterback with a good defense. Yeah, he wasn't very good. Uh, but, you know, so is Mark Sanchez, and he's going to be available. No, I would be, He did the exact same shit, but so not in the Super Bowl. You know, AFC who, you know who I would want more than Mark Sanchez? You want Colin Kaepernick? I would like Colin Kaepernick. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for wanting Colin Kaepernick. He's the most talented quarterback take, who might be available. I, I might take TJ Yates. Might take TJ Yates. Well, there there's some other guys out there who you might be interested in competition wise, like a guy like Zach Mettenberger, uh, who According to Adam Kaplan on Twitter, he sent this out uh-huh. um as soon as the injury was reported. These are the best available quarterbacks for right now. Tavares Jackson. He used to play with us, not that great. Rex Grossman, Matt Flynn, Whitehurst, Vic. I'd take Michael Vic. Um, Austin Davis, Josh Freeman. Yeah, that didn't work. 
um, Jimmy Clausen and TJ Yates. Yeah, you know, Jimmy Clausen can be okay uh, from my experience with him in Chicago. He can be okay, but he's not going to do great. Um, but he might not be a bad option. Honestly, Jimmy Clausen might be one of the better options out there. Rex Grossman's not a real option. He turned down uh, the ability to play mm-hmm. with the Browns not too long ago. I don't think Michael Vick's really an option either. Um, he's had opportunities to where he could have done something in a backup role when he's had to fill in. For example, with Big Ben, wasn't able to do so. Uh, any of those other guys aren't really exciting me either. Maybe Tavares Jackson is okay if you have him just on a bench as a leadership role, but you, you're not getting that. Can I, I can I throw something out there? And sure. I'm not saying I want this to happen because the first thing that Sean Anderson, a fast-breaking MVP, threw out there as a joke at me was, oh, bring Christian Ponder back. And I was like, oh, well, he's in San Fran. And he goes, well, He's tra- probably going to start. He's like, well, trade for him. And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, you can you can get him for a seventh. I'm like, no, I would want to give up a seventh for him. That's the thing. Um, if we're looking at mm-hmm. – and it kind of got me thinking, well, is there a quarterback we could trade – like, is there a quarterback that we could trade for – or would we want to trade for a quarterback? Because it's one of those things where hopefully we're only getting a quarterback as a rental for a year. Uh huh. You know, it's one that I thought of that, I mean, it fits, but I just don't think the price would be right. Sam Bradford. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think the Eagles would want too much, though. I think so, too, for sure. The Eagles would want quite a bit, especially knowing, you know, your needy situation. Another thing that... I don't want to say this conspiracy theory, but it's something that might be possible. Um, so a certain quarterback's going to play four games this year. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be auditioning for other teams because Tom Brady's going to play till he's They're, 60. They wouldn't trade Garoppolo. Why not? Tom Brady's going to play till he's 60. But the Patriots don't honestly believe that. Yeah, Do but I think, I think they believe that they have at least three, four, or five years out of him still. He hasn't shown his signs of decreasing yet. I say yet because, you know, I mean, remember Peyton Manning decreased in like two years to mm-hmm. nothing. So it's going to happen. But I there's the very – the problem that the Patriots are going to have is Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there. If he performs well, they are stuck in the situation of we have a good quarterback. Other teams want this good quarterback. We only got about two more years of Jimmy Garoppolo left before we have to do something. Tom Brady might not be done in two years. We don't want the Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck situation. I know a team that can get into the playoffs this year if they have this guy. I I think it's worth it. Bill Belichick loves draft picks. He loves trading for draft picks. Let me throw in another name, and I know we're getting into like trade speculation now, and we're going to get back to the Vikings in a second, but Zimmer, where did he come from before he came uh, to the Vikings? What team was he at? The little uh, the little tiger stripes uh, that they have on their helmets? The little Bengals. Came from the Bengals. Who's the Bengals' backup? Bungles. Who's the Bengals' backup? A.J. McCarron. Maybe a trade for A.J. McCarron? He performed admirably. He was okay. He was okay. He was pretty good. He was, well, let's not get to pretty good. He was okay. He's better than Sean Hill. You know, but there there are options out there. I mean, you can, but the thing to think about, too, is there's some quarterbacks who are about to get cut. As well, you could bring some of these guys on if you know if a quarterback if a coach has some connection to them and thinks, hey, I think I can get something mm-hmm. out of this guy, or it's purely just system. If it's purely system based, of I think this guy can hand the ball to Adrian Peterson and occasionally throw a slant I, pass. I think it's more. We're than all that. right. I think it's more than that, and I think that 
I but you don't want Sean Hill to start. That's the thing is you no, really I don't want Sean Hill to start. And the most important thing from a quarterback for me is and it's what I say all like I firmly believe that in the preseason you can get away with athletic ability cuz you're not playing real football, let's be honest. Yeah. When you get to the regular season, it is all about what a quarterback has from the shoulders up. Mm-hmm. It's all about that. Bronco fans, you can tell me till you're blue in the face that Trevor Simeon is going to lead you to the Super Bowl. The reason why Peyton Manning won you that Super Bowl is because he had what it takes above the shoulders. I just keep saying that argument doesn't work because Trevor Simeon went to Northwestern, one of the best colleges in the entire country. I'm talking football smarts, not necessarily bookie book smarts. I still think he's pretty damn smart, no hey, matter Ryan what. Ryan Fitzpatrick is pretty smart. Yeah. And, and what done, did he do with the Jets last much. year, though? Didn't make the playoffs, though. Still went 10-6. Didn't make the playoffs, though. This That's year this year they're going to be a 12-4 and four number but two seed. With the Vikings, I want to get into what if Sean Hill does start. Hey, I, you guys want Geno Smith? I've got, no, I bet you could trade for Geno Smith. I, I'd keep Sean Hill. I'd keep Sean Hill. What about Hill. E.J. Manuel? I thought about Cardell, actually, in my head. I, I thought Cardell before mm-hmm. E.J. Is EJ, that weird? Well, I mean, no, because I think we know what we have with E.J. We I don't also, know what we have with Cardell. I also, in the back of my head, was like, oh, what about those... Uh, Two quarterbacks that are probably not going to be used yet in Cleveland, and it, I'd fucking take either Kessler or McCown. Would you take Johnny Manziel? No, only because I'm not sure. Well, he's is, won some is games. There, is there really I think he's that, won one. Is there really that much to do party wise when it gets cold in Minnesota? Like I wouldn't that's think the so. One thing that maybe then yes, he but might need to not. stay inside. Yeah, he might need to stay in, but no, I I wouldn't. He's too much of. He's too much of a loose cannon in that sense. But the one point I was going to ask was we both had the Vikings fall to third in the division. If Sean Hill starts, is there any way? Because I don't see it. I I can't. I cannot give you a legit answer. Is there any way the Vikings can make the playoffs with Sean Hill at the helm? That's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of it depends kind of – on the Chicago Bears. So, you know, let, let's think of it that way with the Chicago Bears. You know, let's say that the Bears, for whatever reason, you know, they're going to lose a game to the Lions because that happens. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're not able to beat the Packers at all. You know, let's say that the Chicago Bears still, even though, you know, you would think that they can beat some of these kind of teams that are toss-up games like the Giants, you know, maybe a Buccaneers game or something like that. They start losing some of those games, become a nine and seven team. Sure, the Vikings can hop over them at nine and seven because I don't have really anybody competing in the wild card spot. I don't even have a single eight and eight team in the NFC. In my predictions, if I can get the Vikings and the Bears to nine and seven, both kind of a toss up for me. Bears were three and three in the division. Vikings were two and four in the division. That stands for something mm-hmm. here. You know, it would take something like the Those Bears. Those two wins are over the Lions, naturally. Uh, actually, I, I gave the Lions a win just to, to oh, wow. play with this. I did not. I did not. But let's say that the Bears can't beat the Vikings either game. All of a sudden, the Vikings are 10-6 and six again still getting back in there. Uh, you know, it's, it's totally possible. Is it likely? No, it's really not. But I think that the thing is, defense is still going to be one of the best defenses. Adrian Peterson is still going to be one of the best. If you can just get a quarterback that keeps the defense honest, 
if a quarterback can just do enough to where they can't stop, you know, stack every single player in the box to stop Adrian Peterson, this team is still going to win games because they will be close. Adrian Peterson will manage the clock, so will the defense. And then a guy like Sean Hill, he just needs to not screw up. It really is that he needs to not turn the ball over, and he needs to be able to just pick up five yards if it's needed. You know, he doesn't need to throw to Laquan Treadwell all the way down the field. He doesn't need to do any of that. He just needs to kind of do enough to just squeak forward a little bit here and there. And when I say the season is over, I'm not saying, like, it could be worse. We could be, like, a 3-13 and team. That ain't going to happen. Let's be honest. We, our defense is too good. But when I say the season is over, it's because there there were high hopes. Like, I had this team... I had this team in the NFC Championship game Yeah, when we did our first predictions. And actually, that in the last segment, I screwed that up. I thought I had Carolina and Arizona. I didn't. I had Minnesota and Arizona the first time around. And th- the first thing I thought of today, maybe this is just like, I think cynical's the word that I want to look for in this situation. But when Teddy first went down... I said to myself, I'm like, but I but I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. But I, in your heart you did. Is that and then I immediately thought I'm like, wait, we did that segment about three months ago. Could the Vikings uh make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl this year? And then I'm thinking, Oh my god, did I say did I say they would? Like mm-hmm. does it because that is the kind of like I don't want to well, I don't want it to sound like uh I think I'm higher than I am, but usually when I pick a team to make or win the Super Bowl, catastrophic things happen. Like, I'm sorry for Cardinal fans that I said you guys would win the Super Bowl and then one of your quarterbacks tore his ACL. Yeah, That's just what happens when Ricky gives you the kiss of death, but it's just one of those things where 7-9 and nine to me. Some teams would look at that and go, oh, that's good, we can build on that. But with me, where I had my expectations for this team... NFC Championship game, divisional round at the worst. Let's make that step for next year. I still, like, that's why. Well, it's a wash season now. Oh, it's completely washed. Even if you get to the playoffs still, it's kind of a wash. I am almost in the sense of let's just tank, get a top five pick so we can get a guy like Miles Garrett on a defensive line. I'm not even talking about Leonard Fournette or Deshaun Watson because AP and Bridgewater are going to be there next season. I'm talking let's tank for a guy that we can get on the defensive line or in the cornerback or just another defensive piece for Mike Zimmer. I know Viking fans are going to say, Ricky, you're crazy for even saying that, but why not? Why not get mm-hmm. a low pick, get a really high pick and a bad record to try to get like a Miles Garrett on the defensive line? Really what I think this does, um, because I have the Chicago Bears winning 11 games. I don't really think the I Chicago Bears will win. I do too. I don't think they will win 11 games, but you know that's just the way I have it right now. Um, I know that probably is confusing some people, but this really what it does is it opens things up for Jameis Winston's Buccaneers mm-hmm. if they can do anything. Uh, the Redskins can become back in the conversation for uh, I know you had them in there, but even you know a team that somebody might not expect, maybe the Falcons can bounce back. Maybe the Lions suddenly I really doubt this, but are going to say, "Hey, Megatron wasn't that big of a deal. We're okay and can fight because the Vikings and the Packers." had shit locked up, so did the Cardinals and the Seahawks. There was no competition. If you couldn't win your division, you weren't getting in. And the only division that's up for grabs was the NFC East. 
That was it. Still is up for grabs. Now with, well, I mean, yeah, but now with the, you know, Vikings being out of the conversation a little bit, at least in the conversation of it's uh, it's competitive, you know, and the Bears. It opens up that wild card. The Bears are going to be lucky if they can win 10 games. You know, they're going to be lucky if they can win nine games. So wild card is completely up for grabs in the NFC again. Completely up for grabs. So it's unfortunate. You hate to see it happen. Teddy Bridgewater seems like a great guy. Um, it's just, you know. I still I like, I like still feel like even talking about it now, I still feel like. Still sad? Well, it's not a sad thing. It's like the floor to my gut has just fallen. And like my gut is just sunk. I just think that Vikings fans, I know that today I know was. I'm overreacting. I know that, you know, nuclear weapons went off across the entire world, but you guys got to calm down a little bit. The world did not end. You're at least an above 500 team. There's a good chance you get nine wins. You can quite probably still get 10. It's going to be okay. You're still competing for a wild card spot. You're probably going to sign a quarterback tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it'll be Thursday. We're recording this on Tuesday, so Wednesday or Thursday. They're going to come into practice. They're going to have a huge sleeve of plays across both hands. But you know what? That's okay. They're going to learn the playbook slowly. And, you know, they're going to get thrown into the fire and they're going to compete. Don't be surprised if Sean Hill starts two games. You know, Vikings, you lose to the Titans. You lose to the Packers. You lose to the, uh, you know, the Panthers. And then all of a sudden you have a quarterback switch to that guy who's been sitting there learning the playbook. Don't be surprised if something like that happens. It's not the end of the world mm-hmm. because those games were going to be hard no matter what. Panthers are going to be hard. Packers are going to be hard. Titans are going to be hard. Giants are going to be hard no matter what. So it's going to be okay. If you can get to the bye week and have won two games, that is a win. And it really wasn't going to be that much different to what it was going to be in the first place. So that's going to do it for our Viking segment. I want you guys down below. Viking fans, I really want to hear from you. Are you... On the side with me, your fellow Viking fan, where I'm just really depressed right now. And not, like, really depressed, but it's, like, one of those things where you're sports— I'm going to call it sports depressed. I'm very sports it's depressed. It's a fair, fair way to put it. Right now. Or are you on the side with Mark that people like me are overreacting, and I should just get my head out of my ass because we're going to be fine. We're going to move on, though, to our next topic of conversation, and we're going to talk about a quarterback who could end up— in a Viking uniform, but we're not. Maybe. But we're not talking about his play on the field or what he brings to certain teams. We're talking about. I'm going to call it off the field. Well, even though he's on the field when he's doing it, it's, it's complicated. But we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick on the and side of the Mark, field. Mark, I'm just going to throw it out plain and simple, yeah. just like our title on YouTube says: Is Colin Kaepernick right to sit out during the national anthem? Well. The first thing I, I and you're gonna get mad at me because I told you what the title should be, but I think the question is a little unfair in the sense of right is kind of the wrong word because there's no right or wrong when it comes to the what he did in the sense of people are gonna say he should you know I disagree with what he's protesting or so I agree throwing, with it. So you're throwing me out of the bus. Is a little bit. What you're doing. But I admitted that I was the one who came up with the title, <laughs> but. Now, do I think that I think what really is the discussion is the actual protesting itself, mm-hmm. not whether you agree with him standing up for he's not directly standing up for Black Lives Matter. Uh, he's not directly saying that cop reforms need to happen. He's just saying there are things social justice that are wrong. 
So I do want to point that out, too, because a lot of people are putting various things in Colin Kaepernick's mouth and saying he's standing up for various things, but he's not specifically stood up for any cause or said that anything needs to happen. think that's important to recognize because people people get very passionate about this stuff. Uh, and they want to just vilify anyone who they think associate with anything they mm-hmm. disagree with. Um, so remember that Colin Kaepernick has not stood up for any one cause in, spe- in specific. Well, so, and I mean, the one thing I want to say mm-hmm. is just the, and I know you're on the same side of me in this regard, is like the fact that he's protesting, I have no problem with it. Go mm-hmm. ahead, dude. I don't have, like, and that's the great thing about, when and I mean I'm gonna bring this into kind of what he's talking about with the flag. That's a great thing about America. Mark can say one thing, I don't have to agree with him, and I can say another thing. Mm-hmm. We can move on and we can be friends the next day. However, the thing that I think is, and this is kind of a greater issue, is I mean it's kind of off the beaten path, but I think it relates. Is I just think people get offended too easily these days. I am not going to have mm-hmm. the same opinion as you. And we're gonna get we're gonna get to that, Ricky. It's gonna come up. Believe I, me, it will. Can I say something that my grandmother used to always say? Sure. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got them. Yeah. And much like assholes, everybody thinks their own don't stink. Yep, that's exactly it. So uh so let's let's get into it. So you asked me the question and I went on a little side note, mm-hmm. but the question is is Colin Kaepernick right to not stand up when the national anthem gets played? Absolutely. He has every right to not do that. As an American. As an American, he has every right to protest if he wants to protest. Um, you know, big deal in that case. What the what the big thing that people are kind of freaking out with, people are saying he is disrespecting soldiers. Do we agree that that's really what people are mad about? People yeah. think he's disrespecting well, soldiers. And that's my that's kind of my big thing with this whole situation is I feel like the point he is trying to make is being clouded and the re, like not the reason why it's being clouded, but it's being clouded because people see that and go, "Oh, he doesn't want to stand during the national anthem." Well, he must not think that the men and women who fought for our freedoms are important. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I think the same – like my first thought when I saw it was I was kind of a little angry, but it wasn't like that super angry. It was like that – You're a little miffed. Wow, I'm kind of a little pissed off. Like why why wouldn't you want to stand during the national anthem? That's usually when we honor the men and women who have fought for our freedom, even though that's not technically what the song's about. That's mm-hmm. what it's become for us, and that's kind of – I, I kind of think it was a good point I listened to today when I was listening to ESPN Radio here in Chicago. They brought up the point of it's going to be funny to see what the NFL thinks of this because the NFL is a business and an organization that has strong ties to the military. Whenever we show a Super Bowl or an NFC Championship game – they always pan over to the soldiers watching overseas. Mm-hmm. This doesn't look mm-hmm. it doesn't look very well in that regard. However, it's one of those things where but that's not what he's protesting. Exactly. And I think we need to that's the thing that we need to get to. The problem what I think what a lot of your thing boils down to with this is that you are saying you're cool with him protesting 
you think that the way he you think he should have chose a different way to protest because the However, way he did it is kind of muddying his argument. However, I want to throw one more thing in there. I it's I don't disagree with I you have the right to protest. Do it. As long as it's peaceful, which this is, I have no problem with it. Fine. Mm-hmm. I do also believe that what you said, it is muddying, but it's kind of like this tricky third one that's right in the middle of those two. I don't have the right to tell you if it's as long as it's peaceful, I don't have the right to tell you how to protest. Yeah. I don't have that right. Yeah. I don't have the right to say, Mark, you can't protest that way. However, I can say I don't agree with how you're protesting. That's mm-hmm. where I'm coming from. So what it comes down to, people are saying that it's a disrespectful thing to to the military. This is my my stance on it. Um I think that one, Colin Kaepernick has every right to make this protest. It makes any kind of protest he wants. If he wants to protest that he doesn't like the color of his uniform, as he can lo- do that. As long as it's peaceful. Sure. And and I think that, you know, he can protest literally anything he wants. Some things are gonna have more value than others. Uh, but he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So he's allowed to do that. People are saying that Colin Kaepernick is spitting in the face of our soldiers. And you make the point of, you know, the uh, military and the NFL having close ties to each other. Um, There are lots of marketing reasons why that's the case. Uh, The the NFL doesn't just happen to love the military. Well, it's a business. It's a a business decision on why they do that. A lot of their fans have ties to the military, so therefore they do too. Um, You know, and people are saying he's spitting in the face of the military, but when the military fights— What are they defending? Our freedoms. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is the first freedom that comes to people's mind? Freedom of speech. Unless you're one of the gun owners who really, really loves your guns and Obama's going to come take them, then you might say the Second Amendment, but that's not the argument today. So (laughs) the – he hasn't tried to take your guns yet. Uh, Anyways, so the first thing people think of is freedom of speech. That is what we say are fighting, you know, our, whether it's the Navy, the Army, the Marines, the SEALs, whatever they might be. One day our space fighters out there, they are fighting for our freedom to say what we want, to express ourselves how we want, to practice our own religion, freedom of press, blah, 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 all this good stuff. All right. They're fighting for that. So for then Colin Kaepernick to exercise his freedom of speech. That's how I can't, I can't understand how that is Mm -hmm. disrespecting the soldiers. Even if he were to go up to a soldier and say, fuck you. I don't agree with the Iraqi war. You know, I don't agree with desert storm 2.0 out there, but let me, let me do it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. But on that part, I would, if that really mm-hmm. happened, I'd be like, well, Colin, learn your fucking facts. That's it's not, not the that, person who's it's doing not it. not the person, but, yeah. But he's, he, in that case, he would be mocking the symbol, much yeah. like he's mocking the symbol. That's just something that represents it. Anyways, he can go up to somebody and say, fuck you. I don't agree with what, not you specifically, to make this point, because people are angry in the comment section already, but I don't agree with the whole military. You know, if he goes up to a military complex mm-hmm. and he flicks off the Pentagon, that doesn't make sense. It's different things here. But still, that would make sense, right? He is still using that freedom of speech. We might not like how he's doing it, but he is using the thing that they are defending. So I get why people are saying that 
that doesn't add up to them. But really, in my eyes, for us to sit there and say, you can't use your freedom of expression, your freedom of speech, your freedom to protest however you would like, peacefully, of course. That is the thing that's really disrespectful for the soldiers. We had men and women who die fighting in one way or another associated with our military for those freedoms. And when we're saying Colin Kaepernick cannot, you know, our, when we're saying that Colin Kaepernick expressing these freedoms, Colin Kaepernick using his freedom of speech, his freedom to protest, when we're saying that that act is disrespecting the military, to me that does not add up because he is doing exactly what they fought for. If anything, and I'm not trying to tell people how they should feel about it, but you would think that somebody who has gone out there and risked their life to give you the freedom of expression is going to be happy when you use that right, Mm -hmm. no matter how you do it. You know, if you're saying, I hate the military, you know, in that case, I know it doesn't make sense that someone in the military is happy, but they should be going, damn right, you're able to protest us. Damn right you're able to say that. I risked my life so you can hate me. And that is one of the most heroic, one of the most patriotic things that can possibly, you know, be said for our country. But I, not me in particular, but me speaking for someone who theoretically is a military man. I went out, I fought, I could have died. So that way you can go out there and you can protest me. It is not a pretty job. It's a fucking dirty job, but they mm-hmm. know it's a dirty job. And I'm sure that even if they don't agree, people who went out and fought are just happy that Colin Kaepernick is able to do what he wants to make that protest. Now I want to turn this a little bit. And one thing we haven't talked about is I hope I say her name right, because I usually watch her stuff when it comes on my Facebook feed. Just to, It's one of those things where you just like her because she's pretty. Well, she's pretty. She's really hot. But and I love blondes. But. It's one of those things where you like to see how the other half lives. Mm-hmm. And for me, because I'm... Although, to be fair, she's, a, she's very far on the right. Extreme. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, to me... So it's not even half. It's like I, 10 people. I'm not super far left. You're very I'm central. I'm very center. You're but very I'm, center. I, I would describe myself as I'm center. Slightly left but to I'm center. But I'm slightly left. Yeah. And whenever I watch it, I think her name is, what, Tommy Lauren or Tommy Loran. Um... Whenever I see her videos pop up on my news feed, it's kind of like it's kind of like a car mm-hmm. crash. I have to watch it just to see how the other half lives, how the other 10%, maybe even 1% yeah. live in this country. Much more and accurate. One thing that she mentioned mm-hmm. and she harped home in all of her rambling. before she went and got kind of racist. She got very racist, yeah. but she mentioned that and I've heard a few people mention this that about Colin Kaepernick's parents. Yeah. Not his actual parents, but his foster parents who are both white. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring that up is he has sent, he has since apologized for it, but ex-NFL player Rodney Harrison went on Sports Talk 790 today and decided to uh, speak his mind a little bit. I'm going to hit you with what he said, and you can give your thoughts on for it, sure. and I'll give mine thoughts. Here's the exact quote. I'll, I tell you this. I'm a black man, and Colin Kaepernick, he's not black. He cannot understand what I face and what other young black men and black people face or people of color face on a on a every single day basis 
when you walk in the grocery store and you might have $2,000 or $3,000 in your pocket and you can go into Foot Locker and they're going and they're looking at you like you about to steal something. End quote. And Mm -hmm. to me, this is the exact root. Like, this is the actual issue that Colin Kaepernick is taught, like, trying to protest. And I want to say this. This is my big thing about it. I will never understand. And it's not one of those things where— And that's okay to say. Well, it's not one of those things where, Ricky, you just don't want to understand. No, I will never understand— Really, how the other side lives. You can get little tidbits here and there. You can empathize yeah, with it, I but can, you will never truly be able I to sympathize. I will never get that a hundred percent. Yeah, because I will never have that life experience mm-hmm. that that Rodney Harrison was talking about. I will never have that. And and you I can, can even have experience where someone thought you were going to steal anything, but is not going to mm-hmm. be the same. Well, I mean, as I'm thinking back into child, like, yeah. As kids, it's one of those things where even growing up it, with mostly um, white friends in junior high before I got to high school and then it kind of got the inner circle kind of grew. Expanded, yeah. Yeah. Got a little and more diverse. It was one of those things where you'd walk in, group of punk-ass kids, like 6th, 7th grade. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're like, well, watch these kids. They might steal something. But that's all kids. very, very different. It's that's, not just because yeah. you're a black kid. You're, you're, a group of, you're a group of kids walking into a convenience store, and of course they're going to watch you a little bit closely. But I will never understand mm-hmm. the exact thing that Rodney Harrison was talking about. And that's a side of it that people like Tommy pointed in. They put the microscope on. They attacked it because, oh, you can't talk about this. Because your foster parents were white and you yeah. grew up in that situation. I think that's kind of like it's one of those things where I, oh, I don't want to – I'm not going to say it. I don't want to speak for Colin Kaepernick. Just go. So I, I'm going to start speaking for him. I think that the big thing here is – and people like to use this argument of you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, or you are this, you are not that. Um, but if – well – she likes to. Uh, what Everything's is not black and white. Well, yeah, but what does she like to? What did she say? She it was going to like vehemently destroy that yeah. argument or something like that. Sentence by sentence. Sentence by sentence. But here is one thing: if you want to say that because you do not understand Colin Kaepernick, because you are, you know, he, she's basically calling him an Oreo, uh, which is a very offensive term. Um, you know, somebody who, yeah, you might be a person of color, but you're white on the inside. Um, the And therefore, you cannot understand these black people. Not something that you can't understand, but you can't protest for these black people because mm-hmm. you are not one of them. Um, yet she supports all those white Republicans who are telling women what they can and cannot do with their bodies. Telling gays and lesbians what who they can and cannot marry. Mm-hmm. You know, who are telling the people of color who statistically, you know, are in the well, not all of them, but the people of in color, uh, people of color who are in inner cities who need government support that they cannot get it because they are lazy. And why can't they just go get a job? You can't fucking make that argument. And then for those things, saying that these white guys on Capitol Hill can tell these black kids in the inner city that, no, I'm sorry, mommy can't have food stamps to help feed you tonight. 
because I don't know, maybe some black person somewhere might spend it on crack cocaine. The reason I think that is because I'm racist, but I don't even fucking care that I just pissed some people off down the comments. Well, what, let me get to it right now. But she can't make that argument and then be a hypocrite by telling Colin Kaepernick that because he doesn't understand this because he has white foster parents. Mm-hmm. He can't fight for this. We should be fucking happy that some guy who has gotten all this privilege in his life says, shit, I'm from a place of privilege. And all these millions of people are not in that same privilege I am from. What am I doing? What can I do? You know what I can do? I am one, formerly one of only 32 people who had this miraculous job of being the quarterback of an NFL team, the starting quarterback. Only well, 32 really of those jobs. Well, I said used to have that okay, job. Okay, okay. Now he's a backup, mm-hmm. um, but he might start at some point, maybe for yeah. the Vikings. Uh, and he's saying, you know what I can do? I can make my stance now. Mm-hmm. I can do it here on the world stage on TV where people are going to talk about it. We should just be happy that somebody realizes that they can do something, whether they're white, whether they're well, black, whether they're I, Asian. doesn't matter. Just can that I, they have. Can I say something? Dis- I'll finish this and then okay. I'll let you get to it. Uh, just we should be happy that somebody has said, wow, I don't care if it affects me or not. There is something going on and I want to help. And you know what the one thing I know this is getting a little bit off of the Colin Kaepernick question mm-hmm. that we asked and more on the issue. I like that we're actually talking about this because the point is Colin Kaepernick stood up for an issue, a very important issue mm-hmm. and one that's important to him. It's very important to him. It's important for where the country is right now. It needs to be fixed. It's important to a lot of the kids that are watching him yes. play football. And it's one of those things where you might not like how he went about protesting it, but that's the point of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. I, Like I said, I'm not going to agree with Mark. He's not going to agree with me all the time. I'm not going to agree with you. And it got you, you talking about it, didn't it? To, well, and here's the thing I wanted to throw out there, and you just sparked it back into my head. Mm-hmm. When we were – this one took a little longer. I mean – I call it kind of like, I, I think I'm just to make fun of it. It's kind of like the pre-podcast pillow talk is what I'm going to talk yeah. call it is we talked for an hour basically on this subject, just throwing our thoughts out mm-hmm. there. And my mom, who is not a huge sports person, like, yeah, she'll watch the Cubs if they're on because like I'm interested in the Cubs or she'll listen to me and my dad bicker about Jay Cutler were, yeah, I don't support Jay Cutler. My dad hates Jay Cutler, but my dad isn't as, like, sports analyst-minded mm-hmm. yeah. as me or you. Even though we're not real, like, ESPN analysts, we think about it more on that analytical side of it. My mom was like, oh, you know what pissed me off? She starts talking. Like, she couldn't put a name to it, and she's like, oh, what's it? I go, Colin Kaepernick. And she's like, yeah. That guy. Mm-hmm. Now, she was on one side. She's very passionate because of how she lives. She's a very hardworking. She's a hard worker and works for to give me and my sister and mm-hmm. my family everything that we have today. And that's the thing. I was like, holy shit. A woman that doesn't watch sports whatsoever. Doesn't care about sports. Was passionate about it now. Because some athlete did something. And knew it. Now, was she on the same side as Colin Kaepernick? 
not a hundred percent, but mm-hmm. she was in that minority. That's like the oh, well, you throw a football around in that mm-hmm. one, the kind that can't yeah. un- like get past that part now, of it. Something I want to say too is uh, we're we're ignoring the fact you know people who are there's a lot of people out there who are upset mm-hmm. um, that saying and this I think your mom's one of these people probably that's saying. Colin Kaepernick, you throw a football around for a living. Keep your politics out of my sports. A lot of people are saying that. Everything but the last part, because my mom doesn't care about the sports part. My mom was more on the side of, and you got to think about it where she comes from. She is from, like, and my family wasn't the, now was I I in the family where we didn't know what we were going to eat? Not when I was kids, but now mm-hmm. I'll be honest, it's not the best financial situation just yeah. because I think we're all kind of in that same boat unless we're in the 1%. And I know me and you are not in that mm-hmm. 1%. And she's always, and it's kind of instilled with me, just the hard work aspect. Work hard for what you want. And if you work hard, you will get those good things. Like you, whatever you put into something is what you're going to get out of it kind mm-hmm. of a situation. And that's why she's on that side of it. But the one thing I wanted to say. I'm not going to touch that argument. No, no, we'll, no, no. We'll go. No, I, I, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to like throw um, mm-hmm. my family's beliefs yeah. on here. I wanted to get, though, to the part of that Tommy Lauren thing mm-hmm. that is complete ludicrous. And I have to bring this up because it is the worst part of the whole thing is at the end of her video when I believe she used the quote, when does the buck stop? Yeah. And African-Americans take responsibility for where they are at right now. That is ludicrous. That is mm-hmm. absolutely ludicrous. And like you mentioned it earlier, like, oh, when she went full racist mode, that was the part of the video where she went full-blown racist. Yeah. And that is ludicrous. I can't say that enough. Mm-hmm. Even if she, even if, you know, and she's not one of these people, but even if you want to be one of those people who's saying, who like innocently or naively means it, there's so many racist undertones that come with those type of things. And there's so many more social issues that come into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have time to get to all of them in this podcast. So we're not going to try. Um, and there are a lot of, there are a lot of people who are better at addressing those things than we are. So, the one thing I want to say, you know, going back to the people who are upset saying, keep the politics out of my sports. Um, of course, a lot of people are making the connection with uh, with Ali uh, and saying that we are praising him now because it already happened. We like it when it doesn't inconvenience us. But here's the thing about protests that people forget. Protests are not supposed to be pretty. They are not supposed to be convenient. They are not supposed to... Let you live your merry life. Protests are supposed to, by definition, inconvenience you Mm -hmm. so that way you are forced to be addressed with the issue. The reason why protesters block streets is because it annoys the shit out of you and it gets on your damn Facebook page. Because at least that way they're saying, well, who blocked the streets? Oh, it was, you know, Black Lives Matter or it was the 99% if we want to go a few years ago. Okay, who are those people? You know, it just gets people talking. No, you know, it's the saying, no press is bad press. So protests are supposed to inconvenience you. But I don't get why we have this idea that 
Sports are this safe space. It's this immaculate kind of sanctuary. Yeah. The same people who are complaining about, not all of them, but a lot of the same people complaining about how Colin Kaepernick is the, you know, should shut up and, and get his political views out of my sports because I'm here to watch a sport game are the same people who are complaining about college kids. I'll use this meme, which I think is a perfect example, where they joke about how, you know, 50, 60 years ago, 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds were going into war. Mm-hmm. Now, 20-year-olds are scared that words are going to hurt them. Well, you're fucking scared that Colin Kaepernick's words, in this case, no words, sitting down, are going to upset your pretty little safe space of football. You, once again, it comes to the hypocritical side of it. You can't say one but do the other. There's no reason why athletes cannot be political. And that's the big thing that I come down to with it as well when people want to make that argument keep your politics out of my sports but these are people who have this soapbox here to speak on this platform to speak on that the people they often are representing will never have access to Mm -hmm. so we should be happy that somebody out there is going to do that and those kids out there who own Kaepernick jerseys are probably not all of them of course but the ones on that side of the issue are saying, oh, my God, someone I care about cares about me, too. And that just makes them feel a little bit better that at least somebody's on their side. This is where we're going to end this conversation. And the mm-hmm. reason why is it's probably been a long conversation. It's been a very long conversation. And uh, at this point, we could go all day. We I, could go into a lot of other things. Like Mark I do said, think. Go ahead. I do think we need to put one thing out there for any, for people who are still listening. Mm-hmm. You could disagree with us, and that's okay. Let's try and keep things civil in the comment section between each other, of course. You know, and try not to argue with your fellow YouTube commenters um, too much. But let's also remember that it's okay if we disagree. We can still be friends. We can still continue talking about sports. We can still do that if you disagree with us. That is perfectly okay. We're not upset at you one way or the other we might feel certain ways about your opinions Mm -hmm. but we don't feel certain necessarily ways about you we're willing to still talk sports and it's the whole thing is nothing is personal i don't want anything to be personal in the comment section but this is where i uh throw Mm -hmm. that dagger out to you guys let us know down below what you guys think in the comment section and let us let us really know this is the kind of stuff where we kind of get real with you guys and kind of get out of our comfort zone of just talking about the sports that we look at each and every day. We're going to go on. We got two more things to get to. We got Dak Prescott and Trevor Simeon, but we're going to start with Dak Prescott. And Mark, I I don't know about you. I was talking with Dave before the fast break on Saturday, and I literally think that we are overhyping Dak Prescott. We are overhyping him. He is not as good as everyone thinks it seems. And it's one of those things where it's like, have I seen some good things from Dak Prescott? Yeah. But he's not going to step in day one and do what Tony Romo was going to do for this team. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I There's a few ways you can kind of look at it. You can kind of look at it in a Russell Wilson kind of way of the guy that nobody gave any respect to. He was very undervalued, came in, won a starting job, 
course, Colin, I mean, in this case, um, no, Russell Wilson well, won the job and Jack he, Prescott got lucky and has, Tony Romo got he injured. He has the opportunity to Tom Brady. But he's yet. given this opportunity here and, you know, undervalued and can go out there and just be a great athlete and a mm-hmm. great player. Um I don't want to say that Dak Prescott has all the skills that Russell Wilson has because he doesn't. But at the same time, there are certain moments in a man's life where the perfect storm of things happen. And uh, this is if we had a camera, it would zoom in on me while I'm sitting on a rock and I got my leg up. Uh, (laughs) But this is one of those moments for Dak Prescott. This is the perfect storm. Yet another injury for Tony Romo. He's old anyways. This team is good right now. They got one of the uh, hottest running backs out there. They got one of the best wide receivers out there. They have the best offensive line in football. Yeah, the defense is still a little weak, especially the defensive line. But we're not going to worry about that right now. There are good pieces, a lot of good pieces. This team was nowhere near as bad as they were last year. It is a perfect storm for him to come in, do good enough to end the Tony Romo era. To end it. And Dak Prescott, yeah, you know, this team might not be an 8-8 eight and eight team, but this team with Dak Prescott still seven wins. I mean, they're still going to be right there. I got them seven and nine. Yeah, they're still at least a seven-win team. He can go out there, do enough, as long as he's smart, and he's proven to be pretty damn smart so far in the preseason. Yeah, he's only playing second and third stringers, uh, and yes, there is way too much hype around the Dak attack, but... You know, it's not too often that you get excited about a rookie. And this is one of those moments where the fans of the Dallas Cowboys have a legitimate reason to be excited about this guy. And he's not going to be as amazing as people are saying, but I think he can be pretty good. And I think he's got a very real chance to end the Tony Roma era in Dallas because this man keeps getting hurt. He's not getting any younger. We got a young guy. If he comes out there and he impresses, I think the job is going to be his. Here's my big thing with the whole Dak Prescott thing is it's preseason, people. It is fucking preseason. Like, yeah, I get it. For Like, preseason's important for the fucking guys who play, like, the if last you, preseason game and fight for a spot. Then preseason's important. If you're Tom Brady, you're Peyton Manning while well, he's retired, you're Aaron Rodgers, you're a starter— Preseason doesn't matter. You fuck it. I wouldn't even play. I do the Adrian Peterson thing. I'll see you week one because yeah. I just don't want to get injured. That's like Tony Romo was an idiot for getting tackled and then wanting to get back in that game. I would have mm-hmm. been like, my day is done. Put some bubble wrap around me with some ice. I'm going to lay down. But Tony Romo's a competitor. But the thing with Dak Prescott that mm-hmm. I think of is we're crowning his ass before we should yeah. crown his ass because. The thing that you got to notice... But if you want to crown his ass, No, 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 no. It's one of those things where, like I mentioned Mm. earlier in the podcast, I want to say it was during our Teddy Bridgewater conversation, was quarterbacks, it comes down to, yeah, you can be as athletic as you want, but when it comes to the regular season, it's about what you have above the shoulders. Quarterbacks who come up to the line can make the reads. Like, you see the veteran quarterbacks come up, they come up to the line, they do all the, oh, I'm pointing stuff out, point, 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 and then they hike it. You mm-hmm. usually see a young quarterback come up to the line, and I'm not saying all young quarterbacks, but most of them, come up to the line, look, look, hike. No pre-reads. That is, and this is the thing with preseason, you're not even getting the exotic looks yet. 
You're getting just basic vanilla stuff. So great. I'm glad Dak Prescott mm-hmm. can perform against the vanilla because I want to see what he can do against the chocolate, the strawberry, the rocky road, everything that's going to be thrown at him yeah. when teams are trying to trick you with different reads when we actually get to the season. No one's going to play their hand in preseason. No. Nobody's going to tell you what they're doing. And, yeah, you can say, well, Ricky, he's not going to see some of these teams when he gets to the regular season. Yeah, but people have tape of mm-hmm. everything now. And it's one of those things where I think we're crowning them way too soon. I'm under the, like, with me, my impression, let's see how he plays a couple regular season. Let me see after the first, I'll give him two games. Show me what you got against the Giants. Show me what you got against the Redskins. Because I'll tell you what, the Redskins, they made a huge, huge addition to their cornerbacking core with Josh Norman. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And that Giants team, Sean Anderson, can say whatever he wants. Dave Oster, whatever they want about how the Giant defense ain't that good. They put a lot of fucking money they into that defense good. with Olivier. You got Jan- or Janoris Jenkins, to quote two of them that they paid. You get past those teams and show me what you had in the preseason, mm-hmm. then I will start to respect you a but little he bit. Showed so- he definitely showed signs. It's not his fault. That he played second and third strangers. No, I know. It's not his fault. But it's one of those things where it's like, let's not, let, mm-hmm. let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Because he's seeing the bland vanilla defense. But he did get to have, you know, he showed flashes of when he was blitzed, he recognized the blitz, he was comfortable, he actually, you know, still was able to throw the ball, still be able to get completions out there. He showed what you want, which is really a quarterback that's comfortable quarterback that is aware of what's happening around him and understands what he needs to do then. Uh, and he's an athletic guy who can therefore, you know, make decisions if he needs to run, if he needs to escape, if he needs to pull Russell Wilson when, you know, move around so that way he can actually buy some time. Uh, in Russell Wilson's case, buy about 10, 12, 15 seconds. Uh, then that's really good. But I think that Dak Prescott has shown enough to – deserve our respect coming into the season. We don't need to say that he's the the next second coming like a lot of people think he is. And then that's why I'm probably a little bit more heated than I should mm-hmm. be because everybody, like, to quote the late Dennis Green, if you want to crown his ass, crown his ass. Exactly. And that's basically what we're doing. We're crowning his ass before he's even played a regular season down. Yeah, and people are going to be upset when he doesn't live up to all that hype, of oh, course. Oh, he's not going to. But I think that my he money will, on it. he'll do well enough, and people will be glad that he's there in Dallas, and I think that he's got himself a good future well, in Dallas. Here's the good thing about the Dak Prescott situation. It's not all on him. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest positive. He's got the best offensive line in the league. He's got the best, well, one of the top running backs because he is a rookie, and we got to see how Zeke does yeah. in the regular season as well. At least one of the well. most exciting. But – I would put a lot more excitement behind Zeke mm-hmm. than Dak Prescott because with Zeke, I don't think it's all hype. I think there's something actually there. And then you got one of the top wide receivers in the game in Des Bryant. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, he's got he does have the weapons. This isn't last year. Yeah. He's you know. got the weapons. And it's like like that's why I still have you guys, Cowboy fans, I'm talking to you. That's why I still have you at seven and nine. Yeah, you're going to get Romo back, hopefully, for the end of the season. But 
Dak Prescott can, the biggest thing that hinders Dak Prescott early in the year is the schedule. It's the teams that you guys play because I'm just using week six as the barometer. I think those first two games are losses. Giants and Redskins, I think that first game is going to be a lot different than the preseason. It's going to catch him off guard. I think the Giants the Giants are going to go out in there and actual capitalize. The Redskins, was I originally high on them? And because of injuries, they got into my playoffs? Yeah, but they. I think at home, they can beat you. The Bears, that's a question mark. I gave it to the Bears, but I could see Derek Prescott beating Jay Cutler. You beat the Niners. The Bears do have a little bit of trouble yeah. with athletic quarterbacks. You you beat the Niners, no problem. But then you got the Bengals and the Packers. So it's like to me, four of those games are to me automatic losses. And I think that you know people can say whatever they want, but I think that you know week eight is the earliest Tony Romo can show up again. Um, and and that's right after the bye week, coincidentally. You know, because they're saying it's like six to ten weeks until he's able to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we want to put a nice little middle in there, he can come in at week week eight to get ready to practice. You know, it is a while. Let's just play the game, Ricky, because I think it'll be fun. Okay. Let's say the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, they beat the Giants. They beat the Redskins. They beat the Bears, 49ers. I'll let them lose to maybe the Bengals or the the Packers. Uh, so they've won at least four, maybe five games. They have a bye week. Tony Romo is potentially coming back. What are you What are you going to do? Dak Prescott's been good, but Tony Romo, he's here. You know, he's still maybe a little sore, maybe a little banged up. Maybe he's feeling pretty good though. Do you want to risk the Peyton Manning type of situation where you end up losing Brock Osweiler altogether? Of course, no. contracts are different in this case, so well, that's not it's quite completely, the scenario. It's completely different. But now I'm going to cut you the off. The animosity right. of it. No, I'm going I'm I'm mm-hmm. to come in then go ahead and, and cut talk. you off. Um, completely different. Mm-hmm. Here's what I do. Tony Romo, you're coming back. It's your job. Thank Dak. Mm-hmm. Hit the bench for a little bit. We appreciate what you did, but it's time to step aside. You call Romo over. You say, hey, you know what? You get injured one more time, we know what we got. You're done. One more injury. That means no more fighting for extra yards. That means playing smart. That means being a pocket guy. You get it. It's on mm-hmm. you, Tony. You get injured one more time, we got him. Let Dak know. He gets injured one more time, you're the guy. That way there is no animosity like Brock the Cock. You're putting that trust in Dak to... He's, but not he enough to in, let him continue no, playing. No, no, yeah, but it's one of those things where, hey, Romo's mm. good. Let's be honest. This team was really good. It probably wasn't all you. You weren't the second coming of Jesus Christ. Tony gets the job. One more injury. He's done. You're the future. Mm. You are the future. If that's the case, it's Tony has the job. He's probably going to get injured again. You you are the future. One more injury and Tony's done. But then if you if you know that you there's probably going to be another injury and you're telling Tony Romo, "Hey, I know that injuries aren't your fault really, but if I'm you not get, get hurt, I'm not we're cutting rid- you. I'm not, not get- cutting you, but we're benching you." I am you. not getting rid of Tony Romo if he's able to come back this season. I am playing him. Let's say, I am playing even if him. it even if it was like week 13 and Dak Prescott him. has won 10 games. I'm playing won him. 9 games yep, something like playing that. Him. 
playing Tony Romo. I think you're being incredibly, incredibly prideful right now. I'm playing Tony Romo. I think that's that's a a little ridiculous. If Dak Prescott can go out there and win me nine games in Week 13 against the Vikings, it ain't gonna Tony happen. Romo's out I mean, there ready. This ready. is all moot because it's not gonna happen. I'm just not saying, win nine if it games could. in I don't know They've nine got games to, in ten weeks. You said no, Week 13. And so, he's won nine games. So, so they played twelve. They've lost three so games. So they're nine and three. That nine ain't and three. Happen. They'll probably be five hundred at best. I don't know, man. They can beat the Giants because the Giants are their own worst enemy. The Redskins, I don't believe in. The Bears, you're concerned about their depth issues and injuries. I did. San say Francisco, I'd... that's an easy win because it's San Francisco. I'm letting them lose to the Bengals. I'm letting them lose to the Green Bay Packers. We both think that the. Eagles are one of the worst teams out there. See, but here's the thing with the mm-hmm. Eagles, like the whole like with the Eagles, it's one of those things where now with Dak Prescott in there, I gave them the split. Yeah, I gave them the split. They but this they is won. the home game. This yeah, is the but, home game. But they won. Dak Prescott lost Tony Romo. That's mm-hmm. how I looked at it. So then they get to play the Browns. Probably a pretty easy win. The Browns could like. I'm not high eh. on Dak Prescott. I am not high on Dak Prescott. But you're I think but everybody's I'm just saying, overhyping him. I'm just saying they have winnable games here. They do they're winnable. So winnable. you're you're laughing at nine and three, but I only see three games they can probably lose, maybe four. I'll maybe see, give you I a think, fourth. One. I think those divisional games are a lot more sided to the mm-hmm. losing side than you may think. Yeah, the Giants are their own worst enemy, but that was the Tom Coughlin. And it's the Giants. home game. Though too, however, it's a rookie quarterback week mm-hmm. one in the NFL. It's also a rookie coach, rookie head coach, and a completely Who has new defense. A total veteran quarterback, sure, but a completely new paid for defense. Those don't really adjust too well. It takes a I'll while. I'll take the rookie. Co- I'll take the rookie head coach who was an offensive coordinator on mm-hmm. that team last year over the rookie quarterback who's getting his first look at regular season game. Sure. Because let's put it this way. Not every rookie mm-hmm. can come in and be Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck was the he was the anomaly. Uh, the anomaly. Where the he anomaly, came in even though Cam Newton did he, really well, even well, though RG three did really well, even though Russell Wilson I'm, did really I'm, well. Okay, I'm even u- though Colin Kaepernick did really Andrew, well. I know he wasn't a rookie, but it was his first time playing in the NFL. I'm you yeah, but with him he sat for mm-hmm. how long? Like Aaron Rodgers, you can't use him as an example because he sat there mm-hmm. and learned the pace of an offense. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he comes out and blows it out week one, and I mean in a good way, not like his ACL. Mm-hmm. You you can't use that argument because he sat there and learned the pace. I'm not saying learned under Tom Brady. We know that Tom that Brady is not letting anybody happen. learn under him. It's like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But I use Andrew Luck because he was the recent one. You could throw mm-hmm. Cam out there. You could throw Russell Wilson out RG3 there. RG3 as well. I say Andrew Luck mm-hmm. because he was the number one pick, going to be the franchise. Yeah. He's the guy we take. That's why you Cam Newton could also be that because he was the number one pick. Mm-hmm. RG three, you can't Russell Wilson, you can't. They weren't number one picks. That's what I'm saying though. Although number two pick, I mean, a no, lot, no, a lot no. But I'm saying too. coming out of college, mm-hmm. being the guy saying I, he is our franchise. Yeah. he's this like when Andrew Luck came out, we were talking, we were comparing him to John Elway, mm-hmm. kind of success. Well, I mean, we're comp- the obvious comparison, of course, to Peyton Manning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's to me. I think Dak Prescott in the end, mm-hmm. we got to pump the brakes. We got to sure. wait how he sees in the but regular season. But at the season. same time, I do want it to be known that looking at the schedule, 
It's possible he can go in there and only lose like two, three, four games. Seven and nine. That's what I, I mean. Not for the whole at. schedule, but I'm saying their toughest games are Bengals, are Packers, Steelers. I mean, Vikings aren't as tough anymore I'll give you without this. Teddy Bridgewater. Going, going into the bye, I'll give you two and four. I'll give you two and four. I'll give you the Bears and the Niners. I will flip that Bears game. I I I, I don't think the Bengals are a win. I don't wanna, think the Packers. I understand. Well, I'm not saying the Bengals and the Packers are wins, but I'm saying that Giants at home. You know, with the Cowboys playing at home, I think that can be a win. It's winnable, but I'm going to say especially like with the Giants have, have very very little tape on Dak Prescott. I think they don't. They're not going to know exactly what to expect out of the guy because you're saying defenses nine, haven't shown you the real thing. Nine, but Dak Prescott also hasn't shown you the real thing. Nine times out of ten, I'll take the veteran quarterback over the rookie. Sure, I understand where you're coming from, but all I am trying to kind of get out there, and then mm-hmm. we can call this one a day, unless you have anything else to add, is that yes, we should pump the brakes, but at the same time, you know, we're not saying he's going sixteen no or anything like that. Or that he's just going to go out there and break some records. But I'm just saying, once again, the Cowboys, much like the Vikings, are not in as bad of shape as everybody thinks. Dak Prescott can go out there and win quite a few games. He's got a lot of support out there, but that's not his fault that he's got a lot of support. He can go out there and win a lot of games. A 36-year-old quarterback right now in Tony Romo, one who has had a history of long injuries, Eventually, the Dallas Cowboys might want to sit there and think, if we got a guy who's doing well, maybe we do ride the hot hand. Even if it's just saying that Tony Romo, he comes in at week 13, week 14, dude, just rest that back. We want you for next year to do well. Okay. This is where you guys come down below. Let us know everything. I probably pissed off Cowboy fans because they're like, oh, that's my boy. Cowboy fans, I got uh, you. I got you. But. Let us know down below what you guys think, Cowboy fans, and anybody who uh, is listening to this podcast. We're going to move on, though, to another fan base that I've already pissed off. They already hate me. These This fan base is basically the Niners fan base of last year, and I gave the Niners more win this year, and the Niners still aren't happy with me. And we're talking about the Denver Broncos. They'll never and be happy with you. Trevor Simeon, name the starter. Mark Sanchez, probably on the way out. Mark, I think that the mm-hmm. quarter— like, the thing with this team, and maybe you're going to be on the other side like you were with the Dak conversation, this team, I think that the quarterback position is a bigger problem than everybody thinks it is. And the reason why I say that is, yeah, you can make the joke about how, oh, Trevor Simeon went to Northwestern, so he's a, he's smart, a very smart quarterback. Guy. Very smart guy. That's all sarcasm. We fucking know it. He's a very Just smart Just like guy. when you say Super Bowl, Super Bears, unless you're living under a rock, you know mm-hmm. that Mark's being sarcastic. But I think this team, I don't care how good your defense is, four wins. Mm -hmm. Four wins with your quarterback situation, especially now that Trevor Simeon's a starter. Well, but I I do have one. Well, I mean, you had them four wins either way. Um, But you don't see Trevor Simeon as an upgrade from Mark Butt, Fumbling Sanchez? Oh, he's an upgrade. I just don't think. Let's put it this way. Four wins no matter Mm -hmm. who you would have started. Like Mark Sanchez... Mark Sanchez sucks. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Paxton Lynch is a rookie who John Elway, Kubiak, they don't even think he's going to be viable for this year. Mm-hmm. And then you got Trevor Simeon who, yeah, I got to commend him for winning the job from Mark Sanchez, 
but it's Mark Butt Fumbling Sanchez. Yeah. Like, if you didn't win the jab, I'd be like, well, you fucking suck, brah. I do. I mean, now the most popular thing, which I think we need to give a little credit to, to Trevor Simeon uh, for, is that, yes, he was a seventh-round pick, but everyone keeps talking about how injury is the reason why he was a seventh-round pick. He was graded at, like, a third, fourth-round pick. So I, I believe that he deserves our especially mine because I've been harping on the seventh round pick thing for a while. So I, I want to give him a little bit of respect for that. Um, now with that being said, you know, he also threw like what 14 touchdowns or something like that, like eight touchdowns. I don't know. It was a low amount of touchdowns this last year in college. Um, so and in Northwestern, which is not really that great of a football college. Well, okay. Or college no, no, no. Northwestern, they had a down year. They had one down year hoping to come back, but Pat Fitzgerald had them. Mm -hmm. They were a decent team. They had one bad year. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I want to say is Trevor Simeon, I think he can do enough to be okay. I still have the you know Denver Broncos as like a 6-7 win team. Um, I, I just think they're going to be perfectly like, well, not even really average, but they'll be slightly below average team. Uh the thing that concerns me the most for Trevor Simeon is, and the Broncos organization, is not that, you know, he's not going to do so well necessarily, but it's more for the future that Trevor Simeon, if he, you know, goes out there and they lose to the Panthers, Colts, Bengals, maybe they beat the the uh, Buccaneers, but they lose to the Falcons or something like that. You know, if they start losing these games and just kind of rattling these off, eventually Paxton Lynch is going to start. He will start this year. I have zero doubt in my mind that Paxton Lynch will be starting at least by week 12. That's right after the week 11 bye. So that's going to be the worst thing for the Denver Broncos. They do not. They're trying to baby this guy as much as possible. They do not want to send him in. And if they really do cut Mark Sanchez... All of a sudden, Paxton Lynch is the backup quarterback. He is one injury away, and we know how you know easy it is for quarterbacks to get injured now. He's one injury away from being on an NFL, NFL field playing NFL defenses. That's not what the Broncos want. They want him to sit there with his clipboard and just learn. They were basically going to have him as the reserve quarterback, you know, probably or quite possibly not even dressing for certain games. Now, all of a sudden... I don't believe that Trevor Simeon is going to be good enough to keep the fans from wanting Paxton Lynch, to keep the pressure away from eventually we got to start Paxton Lynch. I firmly believe, like I said, by week 12, Paxton Lynch is starting for the Denver Broncos. Well, and the one thing I look at is his time in college. He, he's been out of college for now. This would be technically his second year. Like, he was 2014, mm -hmm. was his last year at Northwestern. Haven't heard much of him. Like, with me, I want to say, was it him or Kane Coulter? One of them were the ones that wanted the union for college football I, I players. I think it was Coulter. I don't think, I think it was, it was Coulter. Um, but, like, the thing that I, I know college is different than the NFL, but it worries me a little bit is, so in college, he played 13, 12, 11 games. From sophomore to senior year, that freshman year he played eight. Sophomore year, his team went ten and three, five and three in conference. However, then it was five and seven, one and seven in conference, five and seven, three and five in conference, 
Mm-hmm. I look at that and I go, you were the main starting guy. And you what won happened? games. Like, what happened? Like, 10 and 3, and I look at it and I mean, yeah, you could say that, well, Ricky, in that first year that he had, maybe it was because he had that great running back. He had uh, Verrick Mack and then didn't. Maybe mm-hmm. it's that. Maybe it's the guys they lost from that first year. So if I take that and say, okay, you're telling me it's the weapons that he had around him. Yeah, Denver's got good weapons, but it's one of those things where I look at it and I go, basically you are a, I don't want to say rookie because he's not a rookie, mm-hmm. but he's pretty much a rookie. Yeah, I think that's something that's interesting in this case. Uh Aaron Murray right now from from uh, from what was it Georgia Georgia right mm-hmm. uh, and now he's a guy who might be traded but if he's not traded he's cut um, one of those roster cuts so he might even be cut by now that we're recording this Tuesday night but anyways it reminds me of that situation of a guy who in college was pretty good but didn't necessarily excel at any one thing and. When you come into the NFL, being the jack of all trades but not really being great at anything, that doesn't translate very well. And that's the issue, I think, for Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon would be a fine backup who maybe if you needed him to come in for a game or two, you'd be okay with that. But you don't want this guy legitimately starting for your team. And well, that's going to be – it's going to cause more problems for the and Broncos. The, and the reason why – and Bronco fans, I know what you're saying. You've already typed it. You've typed it in former videos and podcasts are, but Ricky, look at our look at last year's quarterbacks. Peyton Manning wasn't that good and Brock the Cock. We 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 won off of poor quarterback play. But mm-hmm. I would take any of those two over what you have now. Like, do yeah. you not understand that? It's hard to repeat the amount of uh scoring. You know the amount of scores that the defense had, the amount of takeaways that the defense had. That's a hard thing to replicate, and the defense is not as good as it was last Especially year. They lost now, quite a few pieces. I'll even say this: Let's say you play the Panthers in the Super Bowl again, a Panthers team that, as of right now, still has Calvin Benjamin because he hasn't been injured like he was last year. Yeah, not and yet. Number two, that team now knows what to expect from you. Mm-hmm. They now know. Hey, we saw them last year. Now we know what to do. Cam Newton is, A, going to come in with a chip on his shoulder because he's want to beat you. Yeah, we're going to see that two, week one. he knows what to do to beat you. So it's one of those. I, I got the Panthers winning that first game. Mm-hmm. I got them winning that third game. I do, too. Later. You know, I, I think that I, I have the, the Broncos at 7-9 at and nine right now. But, you know, if I really wanted to go through and start chipping away at some of these because I don't really believe in, in Trevor Simeon. Um I I think that they're going to lose quite a few of these games, and I can't see them beating Kansas City at all anymore. You know, I I can't see them sweeping anybody in the division really anymore. So it just kind of... It it just kind of is... I don't believe that Trevor Simeon lasts very long. And then once Paxton Lynch comes in, I think we're going to see that he's an incredibly unprepared quarterback. And if anything, it's really going to test how much John Elway and... Uh, Gary Kubiak believe mm-hmm. in the future that is Paxton Lynch because if they're like a four-win team like Ricky thinks they're going to be, they're in the very top. Okay, yeah, they're not going to draft a quarterback this year. But if it repeats because Paxton Lynch still isn't ready, 
people were saying that this guy is not a he's ready next year, but he's a two, three year project potentially. That's why some people were surprised that he would go in the first round uh, because he was truly, truly a potential pick. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's not going to be ready for two or three years, you know, do the, well, do the Broncos eventually end up moving on because well, they have a different of, coach or something? It's one of the things I believe I heard this mentioned on the herd with Colin Cowherd. And it was basically, do you think the Broncos are sitting there going, man, we should have been more, we should have been more prepared for this. We should have been more prepared for this situation knowing that Brock could eventually leave. Well, I think that knowing the, that we pissed him off enough with Peyton that he was going to walk. I think in the offseason, I think they knew he was going to walk, but I don't think they cared that much that he was going to walk. John Elway didn't really try to pay him. But they should have had a plan B. Their plan B, honestly, was Mark Sanchez. And I know that for someone like you who hates Mark Sanchez, thinks that's a joke. That's like but, a plan Z. But in my, I'm exactly what John Elway was in that situation, what Gary Kubiak was. If there is no reason why Mark Sanchez should have lost that job. It was set up for him on a golden tee. All he had to do was not fuck it up. And what did he do? He royally fucked it up. Well, and Mar- he and fucked that it up proves so that badly. Mark Sanchez... Like I know he's done. He's got to be done. And I know how people go back to the Vikings starting quarterback now. I know how people go back to the well, but Ricky he did go to two straight AFC Championship games, but that was that was a very systematic. Like Mm -hmm. Mark Sanchez is the kind of guy where you have to manage him. You have to manage him, and he can't fuck up. Where you got to set him up. Like okay, this is it. Uh-huh. Boom, there it is. But I, you have to manage him the whole game. You I think can't that's let exactly, him loose. That's exactly what this was supposed to be. And that's why people are so surprised that he lost the job. Because it was exactly that. He's got John Elway and he's Gary Kubiak he used, out but there. But he even isn't but that's the nowhere thing. near what he, he used to He should not have fucked this up. They're, that mm-hmm. was the backup plan. They ha- they felt pretty confident that, hey, this now will be good enough. Now it seems like they don't have a plan. And it surprised them because well, the plan just got blown out of the fucking water. Uh, and now it's just like... How could this guy have lost this? Mm-hmm. We gave mm-hmm. him everything. Mm-hmm. What the hell happened? And now, you know, it's they're kind of scrambling a little bit, but I think they want to save face and they want to say, hey, we're okay. Because they don't want to show thing. they don't want to show that they're panicking. They don't want to show that they truly don't believe in Paxton Lynch yet. Because right now, Paxton Lynch is number two on that depth chart. I, Bronco fan, I'll tell you this your quarterback situation is a bigger deal. Then you want to make it seem, pull the veil off over your head and see the real world for what it is. Your quarterback situation ain't great. Now I don't care how many weapons you have around or how many good of a defense you have. I'd take Sexy Rexy back in 06. That he's better than this quarterback situation. At least and Sexy Rexy can throw five interceptions mm. Unle- and not lose. <laughs> Unleash the dragon, man. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm going deep. But unless you have anything to add, is there anything we missed with this one? Um, no. I mean, I, I think that given the choice between Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, and Dak Prescott, I just want to give love to Dak Prescott. <laughs> I want, I'd rather have him. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, I want to thank you for uh, sticking through this long one. This was a long podcast, mm-hmm. mainly because of that Colin. Like, it was the Colin Kaepernick situation, uh, that whole topic, and, and then the we, had to, we had to put Teddy in there because yeah. of what happened. I want to thank you guys for listening on blog talk if you're on soundcloud remember as of october 1st we are capished off of the soundcloud and we are only at blogtalkradio.com backslash most valuable podcast 
Go ahead, leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you thought about anything we talked about in today's podcast. Go hit up our Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Just another way for you guys to support the channel so that maybe we can bring you more video podcasts in the future if you're tired of looking at this still image that you see on the YouTube channel. Our Twitter's down in the description. One last time, I'm thanking you for listening to the podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.